Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Oh, tough loss. Seahawks fall 36-31 to the LA Rams. They had a chance. Ball plus territory at the end. They lose by five, but they gave themselves a chance to do it and uh, surprisingly keep it close and cover the 10 points pretty easily that Vegas set. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Chuda Newby on the Game Plan Podcast, 1029thegame.com. It will be a short week for the Seahawks, so we'll keep this recap relatively quick as well, knowing that we got Thursday Night Football to preview and recap later on in the week as well against the Green Bay Packers. But Perkins, we knew this was going to be a tough game. Originally a double-digit point spread. Both of us thought that Seattle would cover by staying competitive. Similar to the first matchup between these two teams in Week 5, they did stay competitive, and they gave themselves a chance to win at the end. Just big picture, they fought hard once again with a top two, top three team in the NFL. Yeah, you know, for a rebuilding year, they sure are competitive, aren't they? Yeah. They're not getting the doors blown off. I mean, look, it, it's all about perspective and what you expected going into the season. And Seattle, for, for losing this game, much like the first game they had against the Rams, very entertaining. And they capitalized. There were some really uh, dumb Rams mistakes in this game that Seattle took the opportunity and ran literally with it uh, sometimes in this game. So, you know what? No one, I don't, I don't think a lot of people expected them to go in and win that game, but they were competitive. And like you said, they had a chance at the end of that game to, to make some magic. And unfortunately, for the second week in a row, a bad turnover late in the game really, really, you know, bit them. You're right. Time. You're right. A late turnover, you know, ultimately becomes the biggest play of the game. We had the pick six last week against the Chargers that ultimately doomed Seattle. And it's a strip sack forced by Dante Fowler Jr. this week that leads to uh, really the game ceiling touchdown for the Rams. Anytime you go up by, you know, two scores in the fourth quarter, go back to the play that created it. That's kind of the play that wins you the ball game. I think that play by Fowler was no different. Uh, Plenty of positive takeaways, but let's actually get the negative ones out of the way first. Uh, First of all, Todd Gurley, no surprise, runs for 120 yards, but he only does it on 16 carries, Perkins, averaging 7.5 per carry. And it seemed like every time that he was touching the ball, especially on first down, it was second and two, second and one, or moving the chains. First down rushing was incredibly successful for L.A. in this game, and that really puts Seattle as a defense on their back heel. It, 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 I mean, it's amazing how polar opposite these two offenses are from each other, right? Um, while they both like to run the football, uh, you're talking about a team that gets a lot of capitalizes a lot on first and second down. It doesn't deal with a lot of third down situations in the Rams. And Gurley was was great as he always is, um, just a, a playmaker on that team. And, you know, the Rams just have so many damn weapons offensively. How can you devote any extra resources to anybody with, you know, Goff is slinging it. You have several receivers that are super quick and speedy. Uh, you have, you know, good possession receivers. You have tight ends that can make plays, as we saw in this game twice. Uh, it's just one of those situations where you have so many things you have to you have to be aware of as a defense. It's very difficult to devote the resources you need to stop a guy that's talented like Gurley. Yeah, and and you mentioned Goff. He is on point this entire season, but some of the throws that he made yesterday were in perfect spots where only his receiver could get it, and then the receivers were making plays on the football. You mentioned the tight ends. Higby's touchdown, 
I mean, that is such a tough catch as a tight end when you're facing to the inside and then you get a back shoulder. You have to quickly adjust, throw your hands up, make the catch. But it's a perfectly thrown ball, a well-executed catch. I mean, this Rams offense, I know the Saints are rolling as well, and the Saints clipped the Rams in New Orleans last week. But, man, I just, I'm so impressed. New Orleans, Kansas City, L.A., I could watch every play that they run all season long and just be in love with football. Yesterday was no different. I mean, to be honest, to to stick in this game the way L.A. was executing on offense was pretty good. Now, one of the main reasons was L.A. was not disciplined. A lot, a lot of penalties that helped Seattle to a couple of touchdown drives in this game. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's where you kind of got to take the good with the bad. And, and you have to give Seattle credit because mm-hmm. it's not like the penalties gifted them seven points. They had still had to go out there and earn those touchdowns. You know, on the opening drive, they were still in their territory when they were about to go three and out with that penalty. And there was another penalty that got him even closer on that same drive. But point being, props to Seattle for capitalizing in those situations. But, I mean, we're talking about 14 points off the board potentially in this game if, you know, if the the dumb penalties aren't made by, by the Rams. So uh, it, it's definitely kind of one of those situations where you're happy about it, but it's – a little bit deceptive in my mind, too, with how well the offense played. I'll put it this way. Anybody that took the Rams to lay the points is just furious with themselves at those penalties because you could argue without the penalties that turn into punts, the Rams do cover. Yeah. I mean, they played that well, and Seattle offensively, they didn't have to earn everything themselves. They were given a few things. Now, that being said, I was impressed with a lot of the Seahawks offense in this game. Russell Wilson, three touchdown passes, and much I mean he was back to himself running the football too which was great to see 92 yards rushing for the quarterback in this game and that is awesome he was healthy and they uh you know clearly they were he was probably being very reserved on the field but the play calling was very reserved in that regard from a read option perspective clearly it was good to see him be able to use his legs again And you have to wonder down the stretch against teams that are equal or less than Seattle, how much this is going to help them get over the top. And, uh, you know, Seattle as a whole ran really well, but you're right. Wilson looked like the Wilson of old. Yeah, I mean, he's been healthy all year, and we haven't seen this rushing. So what's the difference? But he was dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, You know, he was seen limping early in the season off the field after a game. I mean, he was there were were some issues he was still working out early Mm -hmm. in the season. I think a lot of it, too, is just scrambling. <laughs> he was under pressure a lot in this game, and I'd say about half of those rushing yards came on scrambles. But early in the year, he wasn't looking to scramble as much. Like, like there was a play in this game. No, I'm just saying in this particular game. Well, was, I know. There was, was a, there, was a, there was a play specifically in this game where he drops back to pass, and immediately there was an opening right up the middle, and he just right. he didn't even attempt to pass the ball. I mean, he was he made his first read. Saw the opening, went 10 yards. I mean, and that's part of what makes a quarterback running successful is being decisive and being the first one to run rather than giving the defense even a half second to anticipate that you might keep the football. Uh, Also rushing the football, Rashad Penny looked good and first NFL touchdown in this game. He finished with 108 yards and a score. And he earned it too. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a lot of, at least as, as from what I've seen, a lot of like traditional juke moves. But, man, his lateral quickness in this game and his vision was fantastic, right? Uh, kind of remind. I mean, obviously, it's a tough comparison, but lateral quickness, Marshawn had s- dominated with that lateral quickness, moving his feet from side to side, yeah. evading tackles at the line of scrimmage, and then bouncing it to the outside. 
you know, Penny brought that a little bit. Yeah, no, he really did. And it was it was bizarre to see him play so well and then the next possession to see Procise on the field and get a you know, minus like four yards rushing. But yeah. Uh, we saw him. Yeah. Sh- shouts to <laughs> shouts to Penny because uh I think that there's been a lot of question marks around that first round pick and you saw it pay off, pay dividends, you know, in this game with with Carson out. A couple of sacks for the Seattle defense. Unfortunately, though, I, I just don't think that they still had the impact they were looking for. I mean, you look, got to try to force turnovers, you know, and they came so close. Uh, was it Jaron Reed coming so close to getting that pick when L.A. was going in after the Fowler or after the onside kick attempt? L.A. was going in for a potential score. They settled for a field goal, but it was nearly an interception from Jaron Reed on the throw into the flat to Gurley. You got to force turnovers in order to win in this league, and Seattle back-to-back weeks now hasn't been able to do it. Yeah, and, you know, this was a team that was number two DVOA defensively uh, coming into November and hasn't looked great uh, <laughs> the, 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 the first hey, two weeks. Maybe but that's regression, you know? It's also just competition. I mean, you're going up against Phillip Rivers, who we all know that Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. and uh, an I can't offense. you just said that. You admitted he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I he's a good quarterback. I didn't say love... a great quarterback. I said a good quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. All right, I'm moving. On. Let's just move on. <laughs> but I mean, I, truly, you're you're now we're seeing what it's going to be like. And you know, McDougald is. I mean, how healthy is he with his knee? Uh, I mean, there's just so many questions. I think around injuries with this team as well that they, you know, you can't afford injuries when you're already so thin at certain positions. Uh, at the end of the game, Rams get the win. We know Aaron Donald has some beef with uh, Seattle, apparently. Which, by the way. I mean, they rushed for 273 yards in this game again on L.A. So Shout out to Jordan Simmons, yeah. who surprisingly started in place of Fluker, and no one talked about him, which means he which played means well. he played really like, well. Like, seriously, major shout yeah. out to him. I mean, if you're talking bright spots, there's one, too. Solari is, has done just an excellent job with this offensive line this year. I think Davis rushed really well in place of Carson. Uh, obviously, Penny's production speaks for itself, and Wilson's as well, but... You know, after the game, though, Aaron Donald does his best to try to start things up again with the Seahawks. I mean, look, he wasn't going to have no for an answer. Here's my take. Justin Britt, it, it was a cheap shot on Donald running yeah. out of bounds. Okay. Well, they they, they got into a kerfuffle at that time, right? Dual, dual penalties. So are you supposed to fight after the game for every? I mean, Sue had a late hit on Wilson. Should Wilson have run up to Sue, put his helmet on and grabbed his face mask, gotten in his face? I mean, Cheap shots happen in the NFL. It wasn't like he went for his knees. He just pushed him in the back out of bounds. Get over it, dude. I know, yeah. Like, don't be such a baby. Jesus. I agree. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, those competitors are cut out of a different cloth. They are. And we've talked about that with Donald, right? Like, he brought up the Fluker trash talk from, like, three, four weeks, five weeks ago yeah. now. Like, I mean, it's just me kind of the way it is. But, you know. Uh, I'm curious. Ten ten penalties on LA for 102 yards. Yeah, a couple of them on Fowler. Big ones on Fowler. Big ones. But let me ask you this: What did you think of the onside kick call? (laughs) Well, on the one hand, uh, I didn't mind it because one, I like being aggressive, and two, you weren't stopping their offense. Um, But you're only down by two. It's the fourth quarter. You're trying to sneak an extra possession there, and I think part of it too for Pete is he is so he harps so much on forcing turnovers. He didn't get a turnover versus the Chargers last week. He didn't get a turnover. He didn't have a turnover yet in this game. And so the 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 point why turnovers are so important is because it creates an extra possession for your offense. So he was basically trying to create a turnover 
create an extra possession by getting a sneaky onside kick. I don't actually, I mean, when it doesn't work like that, it's pretty obvious that it's too bad. I mean, ultimately, they held him to a field goal, which you could argue they could hold him to a field goal if you kicked it deep anyway. So, honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's interesting because the, the only caveat to that is how terrible Janikowski has been historically at right. onside kicks. But the, it's a, oh, how he's been historically. It, like know? he hasn't well, had a successful one since 2008, which is crazy. That was like Barack Obama's first uh, term yeah, in office. See, but how many kickers never have a successful onside kick? Well, and, and so, the formation I mean, I rules know. have changed. Yeah, uh, there's how, a lot of. It's so arbitrary, right? Yeah, like an onside kick. It does kick. seem arbitrary. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's a long time, but how many has he tried? How Over many? 25. Okay, I, I mean that. Maybe Pete Carroll was like, "Look, if law of averages says yeah. it's going to happen." So, and the problem is you can't sneak Michael <laughs> Dixon on there and then, yeah, expect to pull it on anybody because they'll yeah. know that it's going to be a or weird, they'll at least be kick. more aware of it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so no, I I agree with you. It's one of those calls. It kind of what I immediately thought of was the the Saints Super Bowl win against Indy yeah. because the second if that onside kick doesn't work to start the second half, like Ballsy. you know he's a pariah. So. Yeah. Uh, that was to start the second half. Yeah, that was crazy. But I agree with you. You weren't stopping the Rams anyway. They were they were going at will. Seattle was basically just playing like that. If we force them to a field goal, that is a defensive victory at this point. And that's exactly what they did on that drive anyway. Mm-hmm. And it sped up the clock a little bit. You had more time, in theory, to yeah. uh, to get the ball back. And you so. ended up getting it back twice, you know, with a yeah. chance to win at the end. So yeah, I think it did work. I didn't have a problem with the call. Um, also, you know, I think... Deep down, you're trying to pull one on Jeff Fossil. Yeah, <laughs> like finally get like, the better of him. Finally, we can get. And then, of course, it didn't work. So the edge to the Rams special teams again. Although Dixon chipped one nicely at the one in this game, that was uh, that was nice. I think he punted pretty well. Yeah, Dixon. He had a 63 yarder. Yeah. And then he had the one, of course, before the half. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad Seattle took the time to establish the run in the uh, two minute drill there at the end of the first half. Even when they were down 10, five minutes left in the game, they were running the football. Uh, man, I, I'm all for keeping defenses honest, but uh, you got to get something better at the end of the first half, first of all. You know, I was be so more angry. aggressive there instead of, and I'm not sure how many of those are called runs or how many are Wilson having to make that read at the line because of the read keep portion and, you know. How many guys are in the box means automatic run. You see offenses have that in their playbook all the time. But maybe in your two-minute situation or your one-minute football situation, you take out the the read element and you just go for some, you know, throws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was— How sophisticated a take is that? I was very—personally, uh, I was so pissed off I had to go for a walk at halftime because against the Rams— That's, like, pretty, that's pretty angry. I mean, for me, that's pretty angry yeah. anymore. Yeah, ever since Super Bowl go, 49, go for a like, walk I walk angry? Like, dude, I went for I, a long walk after 49. Well, yeah, but that. like, it's, I didn't come home for a couple days. Like, my emotions kind of broke where I like don't get as high strung anymore. Oh, me too. Um, I got snapped out of. Yeah, but that being said, you're going up against one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. You haven't done squat against them all game. You have a chance, and by the way, they get the ball to start the second half. Right, they and just scored. You have timeouts and enough time to make a. Run for the end zone. Yes. Not settle for a 50-yard field goal, which have been missed in the past. Uh, uh, very, very frustrating. And 
you know, I get the conservative mindset that they've had, even though I don't always agree with it. I understand. Change it for your two-minute offense. That's why it's a two-minute offense. You're and not calling the same plays. Wilson used to be among best in the league in, in two-minute offenses, and this year they have been god-awful. Yeah. I mean, think about even Super, going back to Super Bowl 49, the end of the first half there, right? Yeah, amazing. The, um, and then think about last week against the Chargers where they needed two scores quickly, and they took like f- four minutes, I think, to go down the field and, and score in that game. Um, and then in this game, even uh, the the time that it took at the end of the first half, and I mean, you could argue as well at the end of the game. It's hard because it's like what the defense gives you at that point. But it's it's very, very, very concerning to me when you're trying to play. If you're going to play these types of games where it's one score game and well, you might need to make some magic, you better be damn efficient in your two minute offense. See, and that's a great point. They don't have the margin of error with the team this year to be. Um, to, to be anything less than aggressive in end-of-half situations. You yeah. know what I mean? They have to be efficient and maximize their opportunities on offense. That's what they have to do. So I think the – I don't know if it's a mindset thing or if it's a playbook thing or if it's just an overall lack of execution thing or a combination of all three. The end-of-half situations, first and second half, have to be much, much better because the team doesn't have the margin of error to – to be anything less than great and hope to win close games. Remember what you and I said going into November. If Seattle had to lose two games, what would you pick? And you and I both picked Chargers at home and Rams. Uh, every game essentially from here on out is a play-in game, <laughs> uh, maybe with the Kansas City game notwithstanding. But uh, it starts Thursday, man. Got to take care of business at home. But there's, you know, the, the, the hopes are slim. You got to win probably six or seven to get in. But... They still, in a lot of ways, can, can kind of control their own destiny because of the opponents they play. I'll tell you what, if they win six of seven, they'll be the hottest team in the league, arguably. And no one will want to play players. them. Yeah. And they play a style of football that can translate on the road. So if you still want to think that this team can be dangerous in the NFC, despite being four and five, I think you could still make that argument, hypothetically. Much easier said than done, but it's there. You're rooting for the Bears at this point to win, obviously, the NFC North because... You control your own destiny against the Packers. Mm-hmm. You control your tiebreaker against the Panthers, who just got the doors blown off. And the Vikings. And the Vikings, who are, you have at home. You right. have two of those three teams at home. And Carolina's a place that a lot of that team knows very well because they've played there so many times in the last six years. So, uh, obviously, you don't feel great about, about where they stand right now, but the schedule is still, to a certain extent, uh, in their favor in terms of how much they can control. We'll try to be back here again Wednesday, previewing Thursday night football between the Packers and Seahawks, and then again Friday with a recap. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Judah Newby. This is the Game Plan Podcast on 1029thegame.com.